Notre Dame, here's what needs to happen. Notre Dame needs to take Penn State's skill players and Penn State needs Sam Hartman. They need to swap. And if, if, if that could happen or if you could take that amalgamation of the best parts of Notre Dame, if Notre Dame and Penn State combine universities, those combined could beat Michigan and Ohio State. The Notre Dame Nittany Lions could beat <laughs> Pens could be like, Michigan, like the Avengers. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it might take. Like a by the himself, unite. correct by himself. Captain America maybe can't take down you know Loki, but if Thor shows up or if he could get Iron Man to come, then you know if we combine, it's an even fight. <laughs> We always do week 10 SP and Ross's untitled college football yeah, yeah. podcast. How do your Saturdays feel? Mine last week were great. It was, it was a lot. This set, this, this weekend was a lot. We were looking forward to it coming in, not just like the, the Saturday calendar, the NFL slate, the Germany kickoff being separated from like four hours from the end of probably the latest college football game so if you're a sicko like a me long, if you're, long stretch if you're of football. Up, yeah it's just like waking up on the couch like oh, i gotta get to bed quickly get these four hours in wake up try to be productive because there's a 9 30 kickoff so uh, and the clocks we set the clocks back body body clocks and people everywhere all messed up but uh it was a it was another great saturday and it was the, the, first... the best maybe this is this is a really really good i think saturday. so I think so. I think the only one that like just off the top of my memory that was like, wow, that was really good. I think was the weekend. There was a weekend where we said every slate had a really every window had a really good slate of games. That might have been the Oregon Washington weekend Mm -hmm. as well, because I think there were also like leading up to that. And after that, I think there are all types of matchups. But this is definitely up there in terms of this is. We're all yeah. We're deep into conference play. First week of post college football rankings, uh, number of ranked V ranks in conference, like all those types of implications for standings. And I feel like we'll talk. I want to do just like a standings deep dive because some of these standings for certain teams is very interesting. But um, interesting and nonsensical. We can go yeah, ahead and say some that. of it. Some of it's interesting, and some of it I looked this weekend at certain standings and it was like, oh my, what like the. What could play out here, and you know I love the root for chaos, what could play out here is absurd, and I want all of it to maybe happen. But uh, we could start with college football playoffs because um, I think my stance on this, as a person who works in television, who is always fascinated with the link between the entertainment and television side Mm -hmm. of sports and the product side of sports and the broadcast of all of this and how do we make our product stand out and more interesting and sell it the college football playoff is the best reality show on television by far costs nothing to make 
they have the you know, same same employees everyone's there same desk the committee is free and unpaid for it's the best reality show in the world it's the it doesn't really matter until it matters and they kind of know that and so they just play around with who's rate ranked where and why they did it and why they didn't just to get people talking and riled up and get this fan base looking at that fan base and doing the transit of property game and it's all just to do what we do which is just talk and fodder and and talk about it and debate it and they're so good at it and i just feel like a lot of people miss the part of the product that's the entertainment and are trying to really like break down why is the committee why don't they take this into consideration and why don't they do that especially on the first rankings when you know this is just like the first week of american idol like this is just the the beginning stages we'll see what happens down the road yeah, I mean it's 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 great. It's great television. Um, it leaves something always for us to talk about. Uh, I'm looking forward to as we get deeper into this, like how we can start to create some separation, justification. Because of this first set of rankings, I see a lot of inconsistent logic being applied. Um, so yeah, I guess I guess I guess we'll see. And I guess we'll get into it too as we talk about yeah. what they said versus what we thought. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about it. Um this is the AP. So when I go to rankings, I feel like that should be the college football playoff rankings. It is not. Uh but yeah, no, I, I think yeah, it's it's the first set of rankings. I just feel like people shouldn't take to i feel like we have enough body of work from this committee or from because yes it's a committee but also like if people if people don't think television execs and advertisers and those people are also involved and like if there's a dead tie between you know certain teams or if it's coming down to splitting hairs like if, if people don't if think it's just strictly football and strictly you know just this honorable committee and that there aren't other things at play they're, they're very naive in that right um and if you think that's outlandish they have rules in place that won't let jmu be great so just don't i'm just let's not put it past them to have other agendas when it comes to some of this because this is still a television product at the end of the day if JMU played Liberty for the national championship, a lot of people would be pissed off. As cool of a story as that would be, they'd, there's just certain things that they would rather see. So I of just course. don't. USC I, I just, is ranked in the top 20 in the AP poll. I'm sorry, in the top 20 in the in the playoff poll, but not ranked at all in the AP top 25. Yeah. Like, I, I it's just, we kind of we have to understand that it's the entertainment factor and that, yes, I, I do want to hold there are times when it comes down to it, I want to hold them to a st- accountability and a standard of, of, you know, certain football uh, requirements. But for this first one, I just think people need to realize it's mostly entertainment. And I think, you know, putting Ohio state number one, pretty, pretty shocking. Um, at least to me, but we did talk about like, you know, okay, if if we're just going by numbers, their Penn State win, although Oregon's ranked higher than Penn State, so Washington. Like, but some of it makes sense and some of it doesn't. So we will yep. get into yep. it. I'm, I'm gonna skip it for now because we'll come back to it. Um, let's just go general off top thoughts because we'll get back. We'll, we'll, we'll circle back to it pretty soon, certainly. Um, Jaden Daniels is 
we'll talk about the game, obviously, but this is just a general off-top thought here. Uh, Jane Daniels, they put this stat up right before the game or during college game day, maybe. He's quietly, and I say quietly, maybe partly because of their record, but partly because, I guess, maybe their record, mostly. Um, Because I feel like if they were winning more, we would be talking about it, but maybe we wouldn't. He's quietly having the season that Joe Burrow had at LSU the year that they mm-hmm. won the national championship. And it was one of that season was one of the most statistical, prolific, outstanding, singular quarterback seasons in the history of college football. Right. He had an amazing team and amazing receivers, an amazing offense. That team was one of the three best college football teams maybe ever. But Jane Daniels is singularly having comparably, you know, give or take a few throwing statistics but make it up with the statistics at the the rushing output he's comparably having that season and you know we were talking about this last week with the Heisman stuff we're going to talk about it again this week just when I talk about outstanding players and Heisman and those types of things like yes the record matters but also on since it's not just directly tied to the record just for certain conversations like quarterback awards and there's a lot of college football awards at the end of the year the fact that Jaden Daniels isn't being talked about I get it I get their record but the fact that he's not being talked about as one of the best you know just far and away like favorites for a Heisman best quarterbacks in the nation offensive players of the year those types of conversations best SEC quarterback um like I just feel like he's being sold short and I don't know why. I, I think it's the record, and no one wants to root for Brian Kelly, but it's mostly the record. Yeah, if someone were to say Jane Daniels is the best college football player in the country, I wouldn't debate it. Right. I wouldn't have anything to say. Yeah, like, but I feel like we don't hear that type of talk enough. And if I had to just – what's the biggest reason why – I assume it's the record, but and and maybe that was here's the thing because they lost to Florida State early, they kind of had to more or less run the table, and they didn't even get to Alabama before losing again. And I kind of was saying all year they're not. I didn't think they were good enough to beat Bama, so they they kind of were out of maybe that national national talks too early, but. Every game, from an individual standpoint, we've talked about Jane Daniels has done this. So when we get to Heisman conversation later, uh, this is not the J.J. McCarthy Heisman podcast. Like, I don't understand where that came from. I mean, I do, but I, we're not doing that. I just want to make that clear. Like, Jane Daniels is having one of the best seasons yep. any quarterback has ever had in college football. He can't play defense. Um, he does get hit once a game or twice a game in a way that makes me think, oh my God, he's not going to play again. But he's small and there's only so much he can do about that factor. He's doing everything he can do. Their defense and the rest of the team, not very complete team. Their receivers are incredible. Uh, Malik Neighbors and, and, you know, they did all that they could do. Uh, but, yeah, there's the other side of the ball that just hasn't been there. And I think for that reason and for their record, uh, though the, you know they're still a top twenty-five team, I feel like if you're on a top twenty-five team doing what he's doing, you could be in Heisman conversations, you could be in these conversations. But for whatever reason, I feel like he's not being talked about like that. So I just wanted to give him his flowers now. Even even a record. So Florida State 
undefeated. It's not bad. First game of the season. <laughs> Ole Miss. One very loss. good, very Alabama good team. Alabama is Alabama. Very good so, team. Yeah, it's, they lost a really good team. <laughs> they lost to three top ten teams. I don't. I. It's not like they're not a bad team. And he say, didn't. Florida State, he they didn't weren't really blown out. He didn't play poorly, and you know he is the Florida State second half was not a great performance from him. But like again, all those other games, it wasn't. Oh, Jaden Daniels didn't. You know do enough for them to win that literally every game is Jane Daniels is fine it's not him there was no other game I've, I've seen all their other games there's no other game where including some of those blowout games I would just watch just to watch him there's no other game where it's it, it's on him so again just we're giving him his flowers now because I know how this national narrative might go and I'm not I'm not here for it yep and I'm not here for we it. also can say I think pretty definitively that without Jaden Daniels, LSU might not be going to a bowl game. I've that yeah, I very definitively. I think that's out. Like without them, it might, this might be again, a two or three win. We team. just said yeah, we just said they're six and three, still top twenty five with three wins and get a losses against the top ten. That's not a Jaden Daniels um, problem. You take Jaden Daniels out of that, yeah. There, those some of those other SEC wins that they have. Are probably not wins, and some of these upcoming and the losses games, are blowouts, and the losses are yeah. I'm like then the losses that they had to the teams they lost to. I don't even know that we're talking about them being in those games. They were only in the Alabama game for three and a half quarters, three quarters, because of him. Because every other aspect of that game was Bama, 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 Bama. So yeah, I, I just again we're giving him his flowers. Um, next thought, uh, Air Force. Tough L. They're uh, playing for the Commander uh, Chief Trophy. We all uh, wanted it. We all were here for. It. I mean, it was you know, it's Army, so you, you know, we're not we're not choosing a side here. The College Game Day, they all just chose America, which uh, we're not going to get too political, but maybe not the best time to just blindly back our nation right now for other reasons. But again, setting that into a separate discussion bucket, um, Air Force. Tough loss, two, just turnovers, and when you get behind with that offense, we talk about it. One, Army's not going to let you touch the ball because that's what they like to do. And when you get behind in that style of offense, it, you're just not, you know, not designed for it. it. I was second half thought maybe they, you know, if their defense gets a turnover or something, but they you know, just couldn't do it. Uh, so the commander and chief trophy is still up for grabs. So I think the Army Navy game now. The winner of that wins it, I'm pretty sure. Or I guess I don't know how the three-way tie works. Like if Navy beats Army after Air Force beat Navy. Yeah, I'm not oof. sure. I'm not sure. I have to do my commander-in-chief uh, trophy research. But it's it's trophy season, so um, that was that was one that, you know, had the eye on there. Expected them to go undefeated all year, quite frankly. So that was a, that was an upset. Um, I just I just want to say this now. I could be made to look foolish by it next week, as early as next week, or I could be right until infinity. It depends on what perspective you want to look through this. Uh, I just we understand that beating Penn State's like not an impressive thing anymore, right? I just want to be like for and this is this was kind of directed at Ohio State, who got to be number one in those polls that I said don't take too much stock in but you know i kind of felt like uh people like they love penn state i hate penn state but i'm not a hater i just am a, a i hate the coverage of penn state 
I hate that we are not more realistic about what Penn State is and that every year we have to placate at this facade that maybe they will beat Michigan or Ohio State and we'll go to the Rose Bowl or we'll go to the playoff like that. And it's never going to happen. Not It's just not going to happen unless they change, like we said, change their jerseys and start running the triple option. It's never going to happen. But Ohio State went out really, really early. And not to get too much into this talk, but maybe we'll just get to it. But Ohio State went out really, really early and was like, guys, we're not the number one team in the country. We just want to make very clear and apparent that we're not. You see, guys, guys, you, you see, they got it wrong. You see, they got it wrong see, with us. Like, please don't rank us. Don't look at us. Don't pay us any attention. Do not put us up at this slot where people think that we are good. We don't even think we're good. We're trying to beat Rutgers and just like focus on our business. I think they play Wisconsin next week, maybe. Not sure. Like, they just need to take care of just one week at a time at Ohio State. So, they were real, real, real quick to be like, no, we are not the number one team in the country. We don't want any expectations. Uh, no, please. No, thank please you. Please expect nothing from us. And why? I don't know why. I I guess I kind of forgot about the Notre Dame victory, which, I mean, I don't know what to do with Notre Dame now, but I certainly think the Ohio State win looks – Notre Dame – here's what needs to happen. Notre Dame needs – to take Penn State's skill players and Penn State needs Sam Hartman. They need to swap. And if, if, if that could happen, or if you could take that amalgamation of the best parts of Notre Dame, if Notre Dame and Penn State combine universities, those combined could beat Michigan and Ohio State. The Notre Dame Nittany Lions could beat <laughs> Penn could like, beat Michigan. Like the Avengers. <laughs> yeah. That's that's what it might take. Like a by the themselves, Avengers unite. Correct. By himself. Captain America maybe can't take down, you know, Loki. But if Thor shows up or if he could get Iron Man to come, then, you know, if we combine, it's an even fight. So I I just, I don't know what to do with the Notre Dame win. I do know what to do with the Penn State win. Unimpressive. Struggled all game. Um, I'm just not, like, I know Penn State is comported to be a good defense. I believe for decades now that big 10 defenses have lived off of this being good defenses because they don't play anybody that plays offense. It's just this whole Mm -hmm. big 10. It's the big 10 motto of we vow not to throw deep shots or run spread option, wide open offenses like Ohio state. I feel like they low key hate Ohio state or hated them in the past because they were too flashy and throwing deep and all this other stuff had three quarterbacks that could win national championships. Um, I just – I don't respect the Penn State victory, the Notre Dame victory. Okay, we'll even pretend like there weren't 10 players on the field for the final two plays if for them to get that one done. Tough road environment, got that done. I just – they're not impressive. Penn State's not impressive. And I just want that stated now because they're both – you know, Ohio State's number one and Penn State's still in the top ten. I, I don't respect either of those teams. They can prove me wrong. I mean, I think we're not in that much of a different place than we were in week three or four when we were talking about how we don't know how good some of these teams are because they haven't really played anybody. I mean, as it turns out, a lot of the people that we're talking about as far as wins, when we look at across Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, I don't know that I feel much differently. I don't know a lot about these teams because they haven't really been tested by some truly elite teams. 
And some of that, you know, they, they make the schedule years in advance, so they can't necessarily control all of that. But we are where we are. We saw the quote-unquote number one team in the nation struggle with Rutgers for mm. three quarters. Yeah. After struggling with Wisconsin for three quarters. After struggling with, and we can keep going, you know? And are we going to be overly surprised if they lose to Purdue by three touchdowns? No, we're not. Because they if do it, this. If it's three touchdowns, that would be insane. Um, but it's happened before. Yeah. I mean, I, I won't be surprised. I thought, like, if they lose, you know, I won't be surprised. If Penn State beats Michigan this week, I'll be surprised. But there's very few outcomes that would surprise me in the way of being beat because I, you know, I, I think there are there's a thin margin between most of these teams. Um, I would push back a little bit with Georgia. I mean, Georgia, I mean, here, like like we said, this is the start of their three kind of week test. They're playing old yeah. this week. I think Missouri's good. I think what I learned last week is that Missouri's good, win or lose. They deserve that respect. They might not lose another game. Um, is Missouri they, better than Notre Dame? Yeah, probably. I think so. I mean, if, I, if they were to play in a, a neutral site, I think I would pick Missouri. Um, just because I I think Missouri, like what I learned about Notre Dame, not learned, what I've kind of been since Notre Dame has lost or had these types of games, the Clemson game is further proof. Sam Hartman, there's no one to throw to. I've never seen so many receivers just like, I'm not open. This route that I'm running, super covered. Yeah, on. they're certainly lacking some talent. Super, super guarded on this post right here. This out route, there will be no separation for you. It's just like it sucks to watch because he's back there. He goes through his reads and progressions so beautifully, so quickly. He's like, you're guarded, you're guarded, you're guarded, you're guarded. Here comes the rush. And I don't know what else he's supposed to do. So I just think, yeah, Missouri, what they showed, what they've showed all season – and what they showed against Georgia is they have players. They have players that can hold up on the outside and inside. Eventually, Georgia's going to wear you down. I kind of have made my stance about this Georgia team known. I, or it, it's just more of a this team and kind of just culturally, if we're talking about a year where kind of anyone can get beat, everyone might have a loss who will truly run the table. I just I'm I if I had to put money on one I'm putting it on Georgia and it's because yeah they have proven to be a team that can win in multiple different ways in ways that maybe other I mean we, we'll talk about it but that's I, I think that's kind of just you're right there's not a lot of separation are we still at a place where we still need to see more for some teams maybe but I, I have to take the information that I've seen and even with certain teams who might you know be varying levels of good right Penn State for example I I will pull it up but I think they beat the breaks off of uh, West Virginia West Virginia looks like a, a good team like they're not world beaters but they're a good offense they're six and three Okay, they didn't, I shouldn't even say, I mean, I don't know if this was a score was closer type of situation. It was the first, it was the first week of the season, too. It was 38-15. Yeah, they lost, mm-hmm. they lost at Penn State. Now, in terms of wins for Virginia, Texas Tech is a solid team. They beat them. TCU lost in a close one on the Hail Mary-Houston game, right? Wasn't that the Hail Mary? 
Houston threw the Dana Holgerson revenge game, uh, lost to a, what we now know, very good Oklahoma State team, beat Central Florida, beat the breaks off of BYU. I, I don't know kind of what happened there. They're playing Oklahoma this week. Um, I would love to see where's the spread for that one. They are 13-point underdogs, so, you know. But that Penn State win at the beginning of the year, so far, is their best win. And maybe, a, a good maybe Iowa. Yeah, nah, if you if that, that's Penn State's lot, like lot in life is just to be Iowa. But um, just so we don't get to, because we'll we'll circle back to some of this stuff. Uh, top of top. There's a huge opportunity this weekend with yeah. with Michigan. We'll 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 talk games. Let me uh, let me run through my the rest of these off top thoughts here quickly. Um, I don't want. I don't want Lincoln Riley using Alex Grinch as a scapegoat. I just want to be real clear. Like Alex Grinch could very well have done a better job on scheming and play calling. But unlike Lincoln Riley, Alex Grinch has a history and a past of calling defenses other places that have had success. He, I would imagine that Alex Grinch can and probably will go somewhere else and be a coordinator of a good defense. There's no evidence that suggests Lincoln Riley has been anywhere near anything that resembles defense or defense, like caring about I, I borderline cares about offensive line play. Like he seems to just care about who's the best seven on seven quarterback in the country. Let me get that guy. I call really awesome plays and develop quarterbacks. Oh shit! What? Uh, what's the rest of this now? Running game, offensive line, defense, special teams. Never heard of it. So there's critical. You know, there's blame to go around everywhere. But I just think that Alex Grinch is very quickly going to be like, oh yeah, he was. That's why that Alex Grinch guy had to go. As if Lincoln Riley all of a sudden is going to figure defense out or anything around him will be defense. Like I just. Let's let's not be fooled by that. Next, yeah, that's that's Unless been long the knock on Lincoln Riley that he just he seems to zero in on the quarterback. You rarely see him talking to other position groups, even other coaches. He's just talking to working with the quarterback. So, yeah, I mean, we we don't talk about this. I'll hear people talk about this a lot, but I think it's going to grow and grow as UNC piles up more and more losses. Lincoln Riley's going to have to show that he can build a program, not just a quarterback, not just an offense, but to oversee a successful program from top to bottom. That's player development, that's recruitment, that's that's everything. Yeah, if they lose, if they lose to... There's no Lincoln Riley coaching tree right now. You'll see him mentoring yeah, him. No, no, like, no. Yeah, <laughs> if they, that's a good point. If they, if they lose to... So this is year two. I would say, because I'm always more on the side of just if you're going to let someone build something, you have to give them the time, unless they are completely inept Josh McDaniels. You have to give them time. But I, Lincoln Riley, if he loses to Notre Dame, if he loses to UCLA, if he loses to Washington... If it was to Washington <laughs> and, and Oregon and Utah all in the same year, 
next year is an absolute what there has to be progress because okay now next year no Caleb Williams I don't know who the backup quarterback is but he's not Caleb Williams unless Caleb Williams says no I will not go play for whoever the stinky number one team is but probably no well, Caleb Williams. transfer it's gonna be someone who doesn't have any experience because he doesn't play yeah that's true I guess the portal like Arch Manning could find his way to USC and I don't even know that Arch Manning's good because this Griffin guy from Texas is their backup when Quinn Ewers gets hurt. So I've just heard Arch Manning's name a lot. Never seen him play football. Apparently he's content but, just like being a college student. Good, good for him, man. And I I have no problem with these. Like, Going yeah, backup, to class, backup quarterback. Turn. Backup quarterback is yep. a great job. And my name is Manning. My life is great. So I'm here for it. But He already has a lucrative NIL deal. He's yeah, already wealthy. He like, doesn't, he doesn't, doesn't even need doesn't it. Doesn't matter. Good, good for him. But, um, yeah, I just – I don't know, like – Next year has to be about something. You have to show. To your point, you it has. I don't. I don't know. I. I really. It seems unlikely. I'm not trying to get him fired. It seems unlikely that in year, next year is three, so four. It seems really unlikely in year four, that he will all of a sudden, figure out either he himself or who to, do it for him defense and other aspects of football but i just again like alex grinch if all of a sudden usc's defense is great great but uh, the, the defense uh, is bad to be alex, clear like alex none, grinch none, we are yeah, no, no. The like defense their defense is, is not the defense good is terrible but what coordinators aren't responsible for is the thousands of missed tackles i see in usc over the last two years like that, and and by the way, it seems to have followed from Oklahoma, where Oklahoma, no tour. I just remember watching Georgia and Alabama just run through like, oh, here's here are guys fast enough and presumably big enough to tackle them. And then they would get ready to do so and just not. And I don't – some, of it's, some of it's coaching. Some of it's coaching. Yeah. But, but like, again – find the guy who can you got to figure that out because again i not pulling up his resume but alex grinch got to get to the usc because he had been in charge of some other defenses that were good lincoln riley's never had a defense that's good those are just two undeniable facts so i just want to separate two things here because lincoln riley will everyone else will get fired before it's like all right this lincoln riley guy it, it's not it. So just you'll see. It, it, it Alex well, Grinch won't be the first. Too is how much do we even count the Caleb Williams years? Because we I mean, talked about better, Dan Dan you the better show. count them. Like, you better count them because though, like like you said, his whole thing was I'm showing up year one with the best quarterback in the country. That's kind of Lincoln Riley's whole ascent to get where. Hey, I don't do much, but. All the Heisman quarterbacks, those are my guys. Like that's a that is absolutely something. So next year, if he gets another quarterback playing like a Heisman, that's something. But again, if you have that, and all the other teams that don't have that, most of them, but they have better offensive and defensive lines and wide you know, and running backs and linemen and backers and corners, and you lose to those teams every year then we have to just ask, okay, what is the value of awesome quarterback, not great team? If that's what your model is, that might not work for USC. You would be awesome at so many other schools that would be like, yes, 
give give us that. Give us nine, eight, nine wins, a great offense every year, please. But just USC isn't like Iowa would murder one of their coaches right now for Lincoln Riley to come and just be like, <laughs> we will take the two or three extra losses to just watch a team that scores touchdowns for the love of God. So touchdowns, it's plural. Not, just- yeah. More Touchdowns than one. on offense, uh, on offense uh, to be clear. So yeah, not special teams, <laughs> not scooping scores. Correct. To watch a team that intentionally not oh look we scored a touchdown because the other team allowed it intentionally scored a touchdown. So again, well, it's an interesting job. It's an interesting personality. We really don't know that much about Lincoln Riley for somebody who is so well paid and so well thought of. Like you said, he doesn't seem to have a tree of. Here are the people who have been successful that work around or with him. His skill is, for a while, quarterbacks have kind of went there. And not to spend too much time on this, but I'm wondering, is he about to hit this kind of Calipari streak of Calipari's thing was, I get the number one draft pick to the NBA every year. Come play here. We'll figure out the X's and O's and how it all works out later. And basketball is a different sport. When you get the best players, you're going to win most of the time. But once every other coach in college basketball started to get into, I can do that too. We can do that from this school. We can do that from this school. We can do now the NIL one and done. Calipari's pitch was less unique. He's obviously still very good, but it was just became less unique of a pitch. I just feel like Lincoln Riley's pitch of you could come win the Heisman and be a great quarterback here. There are about to be a lot of coaches in schools. Like there are a lot of really good quarterbacks right now and a lot of schools that can kind of, entice those players to come there so yes it's usc and southern cal and it's a great brand but like the situation lincoln riley came into he he was replacing years of not great i will give him a couple more years but his track record says you're never going to be good at defense which is kind of important but maybe lincoln riley be the coach of the jaguars in a couple years yeah, I mean, he could continue to fail up if he if if he wants to go the Cliff Kingsbury route, he'll just get to go to whatever team Caleb Williams drafts. Um, but you know, we'll see. Anyway, uh, quick little personal note or personal story. I saw I've seen this campaign for Gallaudet, which is a school for the hard of hearing mm-hmm. and the deaf. You're actually there in DC now. Both of us went to school in DC. Um, I played against them. I believe my junior year, which was not. Um, it was. We won or we were one quarter away from winning the conference championship my sophomore year. My junior year, we won a game. That game was against Gallaudet University. And they were not any worse than any of the other teams that we played, despite what any anyone young, dumb at that time, if they had any preconceived notion about how many very good football players are there who are deaf of hard of hearing, the answer is there are a lot. They were good. They were just as good as a lot of other teams. They're still a good program. Yeah, they were really impressive. And so what they did um, back then, obviously, they had a no huddle, but they had a giant drum that they would bang Mm -hmm. on the sideline to communicate because the vibrations on the field, you could feel it. And you could see that would be how they would turn, single everything in. Everything was no huddle. They never huddled. Um, you know, the biggest thing that they would talk about, and this is, you know, no funny stuff. They would tell you, you cannot react to late hits after the whistle because they 
they know to play to the whistle and they they, you know, they would bang the drum on the sideline to signal the end of the play but not all know of, not all of them were completely deaf and so some of them very well heard the whistle knew that you couldn't react and would absolutely give you a little bit of something after the whistle but um all that to say like it was at the end uh it was just it was very impressive to see that operation and how you know we're in it we're talking about single stealing now and just singling and getting plays in and all that so AT&T is doing uh, a campaign with them where they have little visual kind of at the front brim like where a visor of a helmet but much smaller would go that signals in place and audibles and stuff as opposed to the helmets that have the speakers in them so that the quarterback and the you know linebacker on the other side of the ball can call in place so i just saw i've seen that commercial campaign and I saw it was Yeah, you did. I just remember playing them and, you know, that their kind of process of preparing and how they played for a game. So just seeing kind of that cutting edge technology, because that's going to come probably to real football or to to, to mainstream football at, at a certain point, I feel like, as technology increases. But it was just cool to see that. And just shout out to Guy Udet University in D.C. Uh, really, really impressive. Uh, just general sports program, but their football team was um you know it was it was the the only win but one of the tougher games you know clearly of the season um uh, i'm wondering if i should get to this other one because this could this could take too long i might save this for the coach has gone bad segment even though this is not a coach so i'll save this we're gonna get to you guys will hear a separate episode at some point i'm promising this about all of the harborough uh Dabo, pharynxes uh, there, there's a lot of coaching related topics specifically that we're going to dive into, but to, to dedicate time to it, we'll, we'll do it in a different episode. Um, what do you want to talk about first? Do you want to talk about my, the, uh, 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 let the mock 12, 12 team playoff versus the real 12 versus the real college football playoff rankings, which I'm going to pull up here in a second or, the Heisman conversation. What do you want to dive into first? Let's start Heisman. Okay. I am in lifetime going to pull up <laughs> the odds. Bless you. Going to pull up odds for the 2000 and 23 Heisman. Because when I see this graphic and when I hear these discussions, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills because, okay, let's see, this, this, let me see, let me see a real, let me see a real reputable, okay, this is a little more correct, but this is adjusted because of what happened this weekend, because I'm not... I'm not hallucinating, but J.J. McCarthy is very much one of the four favorites to win the Heisman. He is over <laughs> names. He's over names like Jordan Travis, Marvin Harrison Jr., Carson Beck, Dylan Gabriel, Carson Beck, Dylan Gabriel, Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams is like five plus five thousand odds to win, which I, I get it. They've continued to lose games, but not far off from Caleb Williams, which makes even less sense. Is Sam Hartman at plus six thousand, sixty-six thousand odds? 
Um, third. So, you know, I have to go down here. So Blake Corum, who I think is more important than J.J. McCarthy. I understand J.J. McCarthy is the quarterback. Uh, but Blake Corum, who, like, for my money, is more worth him. Him and uh, Edwards, I forget his first name, the, the two running backs there, are more valuable to what you know Michigan does than J.J. McCarthy, who just needs to not turn it over. Um, but I don't – I'm not – that that is what it is for me like i'm done i'm done entertaining this nonsense we're going back to our old school format here's what i got tell me if you agree or disagree knocking on the door just because he's not a quarterback and we know that they're just going to give this thing to a quarterback is marvin harrison jr the best player on the quote unquote number one team in the country any issues or disagreements there Depends on the rest of the list, but no, Marvin Harrison. So right there, he's knocking. Here's what I got. I don't care about the – I mean, I do care, but, like, if you watched the Washington game and your thought was, I got to move Caleb Williams lower on my list, we live in – I'm not just talking to you, but just anyone in general. We live in two different worlds where we watch football very differently, and it's not just the results of the game and that quarterback loss, so meh. That's the most impressed with the quarterback I've been in a loss ever, maybe. Uh, this is a level of awareness and just like, yeah, I'm going to try. Fuck it. I'll try this. That you very rarely see. Like them showing clips of him now versus Patrick Mahomes now. Because Patrick Mahomes in college did not look like Patrick Mahomes now. Caleb Williams in college looks like Patrick Mahomes now. Like that, I just want people to kind of appreciate that a little bit. Uh, they Washington's defense, we'll get into whether they're good or not. But Caleb Williams is every week, he's like, I'm going to damn near be perfect completion percentage-wise. This offensive line is terrible. Five throws a game that are unreal. Three or four touchdowns, I'll run for another one. I Again, statistically, better season this year than last year. He won the Heisman last year. I He's still a, a candidate for me. Like, if there's only four or five, I do not have other names more deserving. And I will tell but you. Look at him names. crying with his mom after the game. He's not a leader. I mean, that's nonsense. And also, here's the other thing those are the same people who are like, he should just stop playing. Like, you see how much he cares. You see how much this stuff that you all are like, don't even play anymore. It's just, you know, you're not going to win the Heisman in the playoff. Like, just telling him what he should and shouldn't care about. Like, moving the goalposts, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Immediately be like, oh, look, look at him crying. Like, so now he cares too much. Now a game when he knows, yes, we're not going to be in the playoff or not. He just wants to win every game. Just wants to play a game and win it like that. So now, don't don't care. Like, actually, you're caring too much. We want you to care so much about your future that you're not playing. But when you play, don't care to the point where you're emotionally invested. Like, I just, I don't understand it. Um, he's still a candidate for me. Sense. Do you, if if I will tell you the rest of these names, but like, do you have any pushback on if four or five people are in New York, Caleb Williams should be invited? Yeah, I mean, Caleb Williams should, should be invited. Um, like you said, he, he's been, he's having an incredible year. He's having statistically a better year than he did last year. Um yeah, outside of the the game at Notre Dame, I, I don't know if it feels right to penalize him for the lack of team success, given his individual statistics. Right, and I just so 
Uh, we're we're aligned there. I will tell you the rest of these names because these are the only other people. Like to me, it's it's him. I texted you this probably over the weekend. Jane Daniels, like he's still in it, and thankfully those odds I just saw have him somewhere near the top. I think in the top three, so at least they're not they haven't lost their minds in Vegas yet. Um, Jane Daniels is up there. I talked enough about him. Bo Nix, like has yep. continued to has continued to do it. Their one loss, he still was doing it. Like. Bo Nix is not. about Bo Nix more. Why are you talking about JJ McCarthy? Bo Nix is so that, much better than JJ that's, McCarthy. That's the other part. It's just like, look, if you guys want the the white quarterback to fawn over, there's one who's right there. actually balling. Like we could give it to him. We could give him the spotlight. Like they're gonna. I I already predicted this when they play. It, I shouldn't say when because it's hard to predict anything up until. But what I believe is if Oregon and Washington do get to the Pac-12 championship. Oregon will beat them. They lost by three in a really close game on the road. A couple of bounces here <clears> and there. Like, there's there's your guy. So, Bo Nix, like, Bo Nix gets the barbecue invite. But then it's Michael Penix Jr. I know he had his down week or weeks. Um, but then he did not. If he continues to not, like, all he does is just bomb deep every quarter, every game. I don't want to hear J.J. McCarthy. I will accept Jordan Travis nominations. That's one that the odds have Jordan Travis somewhere around plus 800. That's respectable. Um, But like Carson Beck, no. Dylan Gabriel, no. Like the rest of these names are just names that are good at football. But if we're just talking about the Heisman candidacy, Penix Jr. is in the lead. Bo Nix is right up there. Jaden Daniels right up there. Caleb Williams is still in this race, whether you all like it or not. And Marvin Williams is the, you're good, but you're not a quarterback but he should get all of that recognition as well. I just don't – the other names are good college football players. Reaching. Y'all yeah. are reaching. Right. Like, there are other awards. There are a lot of awards at the end of the year. Other people will win some of those. He but can just, win team MVP. I heard – J.J. McCarthy team MVP. <laughs> I heard – not even to make this about J.J. McCarthy, because I heard the freaking quarterback for uh, o- Oklahoma State, whose name I did not know until this weekend – oh, no, not – I'm sorry – the running back, who I do know, Ali Gordon, but Ali Gordon's not going to win the Heisman. Like, I just, I, that name, and I, I get it. Like, maybe whoever got carried away, it was Bedlam. They were having a really good game against and He's having a good He's having a good year. He's having a, he's good, having year, a really good year. But, like, he's not even the best running back. So, I just don't, it was just like, can we just, do you guys not have any other ways to say, this kid is a really phenomenal player. He's having a fantastic year. Like, you can just say that. It doesn't have to be this guy should be on your highs, but because it gets to a point where like 70 people in the course down. of a weekend yeah. are on the highs, and it's just like, all right, man. Like, then if you you are already risking this award being less prestigious than it once was, if you're just going to say anyone who's good somewhere on a good team is a Heisman candidate, then yeah, you're just they're dumbing this thing now. Um, I've been searching endlessly for the actual, not endlessly. I've been searching kind of lazily on the ESPN website, which you would think would be relatively easy to find for the college football playoff rankings. And oh, I have them. It's like they don't want me to see it. Um, but yeah, if you would, while I search for it, start with. So I do. Are there any teams outside of the twelve to talk about? Because I feel like I kind of just want to pretend we're living in a twelve-team playoff and start with twelve and work our way up. I'll send you 
one. I'll send you. I'll send it to you. Okay. Yeah. So here's one through eleven. Okay. Then I'm gonna send you the rest. I won't go past twenty-two. You just top twenty-two. We'll briefly touch on the thirteen through twenty-two. Uh, Oklahoma State, very impressive victory at Bedlam. Always an amazing environment. Um, was not surprised. I texted you before the game. You would not, because we were talking about underdog upsets, and I was like, technically Oklahoma State is one, but I would you be like just based off the numbers because that's what Vegas is saying. But would you be surprised if they lost? Because I wouldn't. And we both like, no, I actually think they're probably going to beat Oklahoma, and they did. Um, so that was impressive. I they are sitting right there, just waiting for Texas to lose or Oklahoma to lose again, so they can jump into the Big Twelve championship potentially. Big Twelve was almost in trouble, and it would be out of the playoffs entirely. If Texas had lost, that would have been it for them. Texas is their last hope. Yeah, and Texas is on back. Texas did everything they could to give that game away. Yeah, and Texas, I do want to give them props for winning these games with their backup quarterbacks because not a lot of teams can do that. Um, and, you know, just team wins, having your defense, having your supporting cast, having your backup, having people go in there and win games. But, yeah, so Oklahoma State is kind of just sitting there. If, if Texas uh, – well, actually, right now they're in the, the championship. So who's sitting there is Kansas. Kansas is kind of sitting there rubbing their fingers, seeing if they can get to the Big 12 championship. I'm here for a Kansas uh, Big 12 champion. I'm here for that. They have the bean, so anything is possible. <laughs> Just trust in the bean. Um, I've, Slinging I've, it. I fully expected him to go out there and just be like, here you go, Iowa State. Here, I don't – like, we already won the, the game last week. Here you go. And they went out there and did it again. So – Kansas and Oklahoma State both sitting there. I mean, Oklahoma State right now is Big 12 champion bound, championship bound with Texas. Uh, but Kansas sitting there rubbing their fingers, they're rubbing their hands, Birdman style. Uh, USC sitting there at 20. They will probably fall out now, right? Like Kansas and Oklahoma State are going to move up because this is this is from last This is week. as of today. Yeah, this yeah, is as so of today. Last week so, so, yeah, this is before the, the updates. So Kansas, Oklahoma – are going to jump. Oklahoma State are going to jump. USC will likely drop out of maybe the 25, probably, I would say. This is – that's that does it for them. The polls love to keep these – like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're like, 25. We'll give you one more shot. One more shot. And then it's like, you get you get to beat Oregon. Can you beat Oregon? No? Okay, now we're done. We'll see. Uh, UCLA, I've been talking about their defense all year. It's one of the best in the country, which – there is proof Chip Kelly was not always known for defenses. Eventually, somewhere along the way, he learned, hey, I should pay attention to defense. He's paid attention to defense now. UCLA has been, you know, rewarded for it. They lost. They will drop. But the fact that they were up there uh, and are doing it off of defense is definitely impressive. But, yeah, Arizona, it was Gronkowski night. I'll talk about it, but Arizona got him on Gronk night. Utah, kind of done. I don't have anything to say. I mean, their defense is impressive. They're kind of hanging around. I have not much to say about them. Tennessee. They're also uh, playing with the backup quarterback all year. Yeah, backup quarterback all year, which what they've done is still impressive. Like, they're just an impressive program. Tennessee has been playing off of defense all year. They got to finally – 
find out, yeah, you know, ooh, what's offense like? Because they played UConn this week. But um, they, they're they a defensive team. They get to play, I don't remember this week, but they're playing Georgia the following week. So, uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, yeah, Georgia, I, Georgia I and Washington like have, a, have a really rough stretch to close the season. Yeah, I mean, I like it. You like, you know, just having to be, this is this is separation. This was supposed to be separation this is Saturday. It. This is separation month. Like, this is the time, and I love it. So, I don't got much to say about Oregon State. We talked about them. Notre Dame talked about enough. LSU talked about enough. Louisville. Louisville is a sneaky, sneaky, in my 12-team playoff, Louisville has got the 12 spot. I'm unveiling my 12-team playoff today. Louisville's in my 12 spot because Air Force dropped out. They had the automatic undefeated bid. Unfortunately, that loss drops them out. I know they had that stupid Pittsburgh loss, but that's yeah, just, they're so confusing. It's inevitable. They look really good otherwise. It's inevitable. I told you, Pittsburgh is just you know, you look with Florida State this week. They got the they got the win, but it's like, why is Pittsburgh able to do this? There's no explanation as to why. Pittsburgh is keeping it close to Florida State, beating Louisville based on what we've seen out of Louisville every other game. But that's just what Pittsburgh does. They are the banana cart on the Mario Kart track. So I, I just keep an eye on Louisville. They're kind of just sitting there hoping uh, for, you know, just if they went out, they're going to play Florida State for the ACC championship. I don't think anyone will pick Louisville to win, but – you just want to get to the game and have a shot. So they they have an opportunity to do that. Missouri, like I said, really good effort. Um, but you know, it's it's Georgia. I, I just think they've kept that game close in the past. I'm not surprised it was close. I think they're good. They might lose again before the end of the year, though. Um, but still a good team. I want to talk about I'm done with Penn State, nothing to say about them. I want to talk about Ole Miss and up. I want to talk about this this remaining 10. So Ole Miss, Oklahoma. Quietly, Mike. I think, I think Ole Miss is better than Oklahoma. Year. Yeah, they're having a good year. Yeah. They're one losses to Alabama. There's nothing wrong with that. They've avoided, to this point, usually they would have one of those stupid losses. They've avoided them. I am going to scan the schedule now to see where is – I'm not saying they're going to give up – well – let me see what it is. They're not – I'm not picking them to beat Georgia. Obviously, if they do that, we're having a whole different discussion about Ole Miss. But I'm not picking them to beat Georgia, at which point all they have to do is not lose to UL Monroe and at Mississippi State. That will be a – what? Where are they now? They're they're 8-1, and one, so that will be a 10-win a team or 10-win 10, 10 year. Yeah. I mean, that's – that's really good for them. Like I, I, it's and if if your two losses are to not you know Georgia and Alabama, but you this is the year you beat LSU and you didn't lose the stupid Arkansas or Auburn game and you beat A and M and like that's that's good. Like I, you know, say what you will about Lane Kiffin, he can call offense and running his mouth the whole time too because he's certainly been talking oh, about that. everybody. Yeah, no, I love that. Smoke, and he's smoke. been they've been backing it up. Uh, Lil Wayne talked about Lane Kevin for a reason. Smoke weed talk shit like Lane Kevin. Um Lane Kevin still talks his shit. So again, once he left my Raiders, I'm I'm here for Lane Kevin. Just talking about what he's gonna do to you and then doing it to you. Now that's not gonna work against Kirby Smart, same way it doesn't work against Nick Saban. But 
All you other coaches could get it. Just fair game. Um, I would put them, I mean, they're going to be Oklahoma lost, so they're going to jump Oklahoma. They will not jump Bama. Um, they probably won't jump Texas because Texas has to, I mean, I, I shouldn't say what has to happen. It would make sense that Texas, who beat Alabama, would remain in front of Alabama. The committee does weird things. But in my eyes, the team that beat the other team at their place would get to get ranked over them until proven otherwise. And then Oregon is, to me, the best one-loss team in the country. And then mm-hmm. the committee went Washington, Florida State. My only beef with the Washington at five was if you put Oregon at six, Washington's undefeated and beat Oregon. What grounds do does Michigan have to that three spot? Like Florida State at four is fine. Florida State even at three is fine. Because I think what we said was what I said was it was either gonna be Ohio State or Florida State in the three four. I did think they would leave Michigan out just because they look shaky in recency binds. But that's the kind of logic I didn't really understand. So I wonder this week, Ohio State looks bad against Rutgers. Do they get to stay at number one? Probably not. Georgia just beat Missouri. Georgia should probably have that number one spot. Am I wrong about that? I mean, I don't think so. I don't don't really understand dinging Georgia for strength of schedule and then rewarding Ohio Michigan. State in the same or breath. Michigan Or Michigan. That's really the weird one. Or I Michigan. guess Michigan's behind them. But, like, yeah, Michigan's the real one you look at. It's like, okay, if you're going to say to that point, because Georgia had not played uh, Missouri yet. So, to that point, Georgia, quote, unquote, had not been tested. Um, If you are going to – say Georgia, I'm sorry, Michigan just keeps beating who's in front of them, so we'll put them there. Georgia did that too. I I would argue Georgia did it against tougher competition. Like I, to date, this is just my opinion, I don't think Michigan has played anyone as good as Kentucky, Florida, or Missouri. That's just me. I, I am looking at Michigan's schedule they didn't. They have not played anyone better than those three teams. Kentucky's better than anybody Michigan's played. Florida's better than anybody Michigan's played. Missouri's better than anybody Michigan's played. I'm putting Georgia one for this week. I'll do my reveal because well, here, well, here's what the committee. Psh, well, I'm not even. I can't even guess. What but the, the committee, committee also like anymore. clearly, they clearly love Oregon. But if they love Oregon so much, they need to. They would love Washington more. I just I don't understand. Yeah, so I can't play the what the committee's gonna do game anymore because I don't. It's there's no point. It's not. It's not a fun game anymore. If the committee, if there's no logic to our guessing game, then I could just put these four teams in a in a hat and just like draw them and see and just be as close to being right. Um, So I'm going to watch the number one then. I'm doing. I mean, you could make the argument that they they have the best win on the board. If if you're talking about Oregon six, Washington has the best win over the highest ranked team. You can make all these cases. Um, I'm going Louisville. This is my twelve. Louisville's twelve. I'm putting them just over one loss. Missouri. I know that loss is a better loss. Um, but I I would take close game. Give me Louisville. Missouri would probably be the favorites. I would take Louisville in, in a game 
over Missouri. Trenches, Battle of the Trenches, which Louisville certainly seems to have. Give me Louisville my 12th spot. Liberty, JMU, locked in, 11 and 10. Undefeated teams always are in this playoff. Uh, JMU, by the way, yeah, did fairly well this weekend. Pick gambling, all that was. Couple losses, couple teams I'm disappointed in that maybe I'll address. But JMU, you know, there's a saying that good teams win and great teams cover. And JMU, I think, has covered every goddamn weekend. I think the only weekend they haven't was maybe the OD, ODU game. But they don't just win. They cover spreads. They 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 dominate. They win by you know, multiple scores. Uh, JMU, Liberty, too. Like, Liberty's done this very often. JMU and Liberty are locked in. Um, Liberty is only 25th in the AP poll. There's a couple of these other teams that are ranked ahead of them. Liberty is not banned the same way JMU is. Y'all better put some respect on Liberty's chances of playing in the New Year's Six. That's all I'm going to say. Um, I got Ole Miss at nine. I have mm. Ohio State. I don't care about your undefeated record. You're eight. And I. this is not much dissimilar from what I said last week. So Ole Miss basically took Oklahoma spot, right? And mm-hmm. I... I it, We'll see. Yeah, they might lose to Georgia, at which point we can kind of go back to the board um, and see kind of who are those one, maybe two lost teams because Penn State right now is living in that we're the best one lost team or them in Oregon. Uh, I think they will lose to Michigan. We'll get Penn State out this conversation, but I don't have Penn State. Like, I, I think Ole Miss is better Penn State. I know Ohio State's undefeated, but again, like I said last week, I think Alabama is better than Ohio State. Are you last week you said on a neutral site you would have picked Ohio State over Alabama? Or do you want to come over to Team Alabama with me now? Yeah, or, that's no longer the case. Yeah, like no, I just Alabama, I've been, Alabama's I, I've remained unimpressed by Ohio State. This isn't a recent thing. They have I've week one, week two, week three, I have notes. Still waiting. Unimpressed. Not a lot of offense. This quarterback, not good. Like I just they're not. I I'm 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 not impressed. So they're the eight spot. I, I know thought they would have figured it out by now. I just, but I think there's some like fundamental flaws they have that they can't address midseason. Yeah, I mean they're gonna get to kinda I mean, unless they just completely trip and fall, they're gonna get to just sleepwalk through Michigan State, Minnesota, and then they play Michigan. Like because I don't respect unless something because... crazy happens, like Harbaugh gets suspended. Michigan's gonna smoke Ohio State. Yeah, I, look so correct. much better. Correct. On all like, I, I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not picking Ohio State. Like I know rivalry still win the throw the throw the record out the window. But yeah, I'm not like you know. I'm not picking. It's early, but I'm not picking Michigan in that game unless the bunch of. I mean Ohio State unless a bunch of Michigan players are hurt or something crazy. But just if I don't respect Penn State and this Ohio State schedule is. Not you know, your Notre Dame win. Other than that, you've looked unimpressive. You know, twenty four against Wisconsin, uh, three quarters. Of the Notre Dame win was tough. I wouldn't call that impressive either. No, I mean it's just it's, it was on the road. Notre Dame's not bad. That's like you know, I guess I respect maybe Notre Dame more than Penn State. Maybe not. Maybe Penn State's a little better. But both of those, I just look at those as like those teams can't really hurt you. You're you're fighting your little brother. Like you're yeah like. He might hit you a couple times. He might even hit you three or four times. But he's little, and it won't hurt. And you, all you have to do is hit him a couple times, and the fight's over. So I just—they've been doing that all year, and I think that's why. They, and we're still gonna... talking about with Notre Dame was probably going to be a what a four-loss team. 
maybe and then the season. <laughs> I, I, it's hard to it's hard to say now. I mean, I I respect Clemson's you know athletes and defense, and you know Notre Dame might get to play some other teams who their receivers can get open against, but their receivers don't get open against a lot of people. I'm just gonna check who they got to play. I mean. Don't sleep on Wake Forest or Stanford, Notre Dame, but that's who they got left. So they need to win both those games. Like that's just pretty simple there. They need to finish with nine wins. Um, but yeah, look, I just Ohio State to me will will yeah. My favorite part about this sport is it's week by week. Prove me wrong. But right now, Alabama's yep. better Alabama's better than you. Texas is better than you. Oregon's better than you. So that's my seven is Alabama, six is Texas, Oregon is five. I have Michigan four. Like, play somebody. Purdue doesn't count. Florida State, um, third, because they have played somebody. And I feel like they're the, they are the team that has this offense that has the ability of being just super explosive between, like, Michigan doesn't have that. Like Michigan can dominate you on offense, but I wouldn't say they're the super explosive offense that can score 21 before you know what happened. And I think Florida State has those capabilities. So I'm putting them slightly ahead of Michigan. I just feel like that that's kind of a game I want to see. I would like to see Florida State, Michigan. Um, but I, I yeah. put Florida put Florida State a slot above Michigan. I put I respect Washington beating a very good Oregon team and remaining undefeated. So I put them two and I put Georgia one. I just feel like um Again, whatever committee, and I know Ohio State undefeated, so we're just going to put them. But I'm just – I'm using – and if maybe if I were on the committee, people would have an issue with me leaving an undefeated team out of the – you know, putting an undefeated team behind a bunch of one-loss teams. But we just uh, – don't we agree in the sport that not all wins are created the same? Like, I feel like that's the one thing mm-hmm. in the sport that we kind of mm-hmm. all agree on. And you can't always transitive property things, but you can use your eye test to say, I've seen this team play eight games. I've seen this team play eight games. I think this team is better than this team just because this other team has one more win, but has played these teams. And this other team plays in this other conference with better teams and plays these. So it's, you know, not all wins are the same. I'm just trying to use my brain a little bit. Ohio State proved me wrong. Like I, I, this is my all my emotion. All my analysis is not emotional. I'm just looking at week in and week out, and I don't understand how they got the how they got the top slot. Other than they are a very very strong brand that people like to see, and they do very well on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, and but they and they travel well, and the internet and their crowds and their money. Like so, I know some of this again circles back to it's all entertainment. Uh, all right, let's bang through. Kings of Florida or Kings of Virginia, which one you want first? Both updated. Go Kings of Florida. Kings of Florida. Florida State remains on top, 9-0. and FAMU continues to dominate at 8-1. and Miami, uh, despite being thoroughly embarrassed by NC State, which is not a basketball school, Steve Smith, um, they are six and three. Florida is five and four. UCF is five and four. FAU is, I'm sorry, UCF is four and five. Shout out, shout out to Arkansas. First SEC win this weekend. Going to the swamp. 
Florida's blackout black jerseys get worked. Yeah, that's one of the Arkansas teams. has new life. That's one of the teams I was not happy with this weekend when I said most of my picks and bets to great. Florida's on team disappointment mm-hmm. because I watched that Arkansas team score three points against whoever, Mississippi State or whoever the hell was. I remember that game and said, no way that Arkansas team goes into Florida, who is starting to turn things around as Billy Napier is building in the right direction and beats them. And then, and then, and then <laughs> I turned on the TV and I saw who the hell are these black jersey wearing? What is this? Where's the blue and orange? Where is Florida? I don't like this. Uh, there are certain alternates that I just don't think teams need to do because you're just like regulars are so iconic. Florida is for me. Everyone has their opinion. Is top of that list. Orange helmet. Blue jersey, white pants. You want to go blue on orange or blue on blue? That's cool. But orange helmets, blue jersey. This black stuff, that's that's when I I felt immediately bad. Because also before I turned it on, it was seven to nothing. Like college game day hadn't even wrapped up yet. It was seven to nothing. <laughs> and then by the time I turned all my other screens on, got everything set up, walked over to the fridge, walked back, it was 14 to nothing. I didn't even know how. So, and both of them were offensive drives. It wasn't a pick six. It wasn't a block. It was just like one was a four-play, 75-yard drive. The other was something very similar in literally three minutes of lifetime. And I, I've i team disappointment. Anyway, can't can't get too hung up on, on these things. Uh, FIU is four and five. South Florida, four and five. Bethune-Cookman, two and seven. There's just a lot of four and fives in Florida. Miami is trending to be a 500 team like the rest of the ACC that isn't Florida State and Louisville this year. Um, you know, I my it's just Florida, it, it's tough. It's tough. Virginia, on the other hand, a lot, of, a lot of fighting at the top. We got JMU and Liberty still undefeated at nine and oh. William and Mary is five and four. Um, Richmond is six and three, so they should be slightly ahead there. Hampton got to five and four, got a big win against Maine. Big win. Uh, ODU four and three, VMI four and five, Virginia Tech four and five. They got mollywopped this weekend, Virginia Tech on the road. Uh, Norfolk <laughs> and Virginia are both two and seven. So, um, you know, tough, tough, tough times there. Um, first team all name. What do I got? Oh, this this is uh, it's the first time I really really watched and paid attention. Maybe you've heard this before. Katron Allen, Penn State running back. His, his his nickname because that's you know that's fair fairly regular mundane name, but his nickname is the Fat Man, or just Fat. That's what he wants to be called. He actually does not like if they say thick or big. He's fat man. Um, <laughs> anybody called fat man? Hey, there's there's a story there. There's got to be a great story from childhood, uh, and you know, especially when he's a running back, you'll just look at his build, look at his dimensions. That's not somebody that's fun to tackle. So that that fits right into the Penn State mode of just grind him in the dust, run him three yards at a time, uh, and then occasionally throw the pot pass to a tight end. But I just thought Fat Man is, you know, that's first team all name right there. And he's a pretty good player. 
So shout out to you, Fat Best man. of luck versus Michigan, Fat Man. Yeah, Fat Man versus Michigan. We'll, so see how that, we'll see how that goes. You're going to probably need to be Fast Man against Michigan because trying to out Fat Man Michigan doesn't really go well for teams, but we'll see. Um, especially with Connor the Stallion knows all your plays. So you <laughs> and, and Penn State, like Penn State signals must be real easy. It's like dive left, pitch right. That's all they got, Coach. That, that that's all I got. Yeah, it's a light week. Light week of signal work this week. Penn State don't really do offense. Um, all right, weekday, weeknight window. Let's get to these environments. Blow through them, touch as many games as possible. Tuesday, we had snow in the Midwest, so it's about that season where there's snow on the field. There's like the Michigan, Indiana, Colorado, those parts of the uh, country started to get snow. So it's actually, it's it's fairly early even for that in November, but love, love snow football, love snow. I feel like most snow football is college now because so many of the NFL stadiums the newer ones, at least, that are in those colder Doing places, are starting thing. to do roof. Exactly, they're starting to do roofs. Yeah. So you're you're getting less of the snow type of stadium games. So you're getting them in college. So I'm loving that. Um, I think there was some Eastern and Western Michigans in there. I forget who. There was definitely a snowball um, sideline throw warning in one of those games. It happened also in the Air Force Colorado State game where the uh, Colorado State fans were throwing it at refs. It was sim- similar, I think, this game, though. There, there were snowballs being thrown at the bench. It's just you can't expect snowballs not to be thrown whenever there's snow in the stadium. Like, it's just to get – No, college students, alcohol, just – It's just going to happen. things together. It's just going to happen. I'm not saying it should or that they have to tell. I'm just like, it's going to happen. Just is. So just yep. to be indignant or surprised is just foolish. Like, come on now. Like, you you know what it is. Um Thursday, we had Duke with a new backup quarterback struggling against Wake Forest. They did get the victory, but the 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 not Riley Leonard minutes at Duke are a struggle to watch. Like, shout out to the rest of the team for being able to get these victories. I don't care if it's Wake Forest or whoever. Like, it's the the quarterback play behind that. I was one, like, oh, this is the Duke team I recognize. Yeah, at one point, there you go. At one point, this this dude had a stat line of something like, like he'd thrown the ball like nine times, completed like four of them. It just was like, ew, oof, oof. so way to get the victory. Bad weekend for Duke quarterbacks. Yeah, just just bad. The backup to the when the backup to the backup shows up, it's just that looks more like the Duke of. Uh, old uh but they got the win the duke of of old would never get the win that's the crazy part that they that they have enough talent elsewhere to overcome bad quarterback play is absurd because it's usually duke manages to find a good quarterback who overcomes lack of talent now they have a very good team that can overcome lack of quarterback um texas tech vcu i I don't. I must have not watched or have not watched this year a Texas Tech game with sound on, because I have zero context on their coach who roams the sideline with a car tire on his arm. <laughs> it's just what he does. It's just up there, like, like it's. So, I'm sure it's somehow like coaches, who people who haven't played football out there, coaches come up with 
dumb mantras and sayings and things and symbol like there's always very rarely is it ever the players idea these things that you see on the sidelines or these mantras or whatever and i assure you it does nothing to inspire better or more football play but you just sometimes have to like buy into it i can't and figure it's crazy, out never <laughs> never the nick sabins it's yeah. always oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 you'll notice <laughs> it's it's never the teams that are too concerned with how are we going to win and winning and we don't need these things to gimmicks further yeah like we don't need that but i i just i don't know if it's like just keep keep trucking or like keep rolling like keep the tread tight like i don't know what like they're supposed to look to the sideline and see that goddamn car tire be like it's gonna be a good year like i don't know i don't know what i don't know what it is i don't want to know they were doing a little exposition i'm sure and I intentionally was like, I'm not unmuting the TV. I don't want to. I don't want to hear this. I just want to keep seeing it with no context for the rest of my college football Saturdays. Troy, South Bama. I'm not talking about that. We had Bethune Cookman at Mississippi State. South Alabama. South Alabama that beat Oklahoma State. Yeah, that's Alabama. That Troy, South Alabama game that was on Friday night. BCU, Mississippi Valley. Bethune Cookman, Mississippi Valley, former uh, or alma mater of one Jerry Rice. Uh, beat Bethune Cookman. Uh, we had Wyoming and Colorado State. This is a fun one. Fighting for the bronze boot, uh, aka the fourth place in the Mountain West winner, because that's essentially probably what they're ultimately fighting for. But damn it, there's a bronze boot on the line, and you just love when the game is over, immediately sprinting to the trophy and holding it up. So Wyoming, uh, you get the bronze boot. They've been a pretty solid team all year. I've said this about Wyoming. Pretty solid team. And Colorado State gave them a fight. Colorado State's not winning any of these games, but they keep giving people a fight. So Jay Norvell, like you're you're close. You're you're close. I see you. Um Houston Boston College I saw a real damning stat. Dino Babers is 0-20 when his team score less than 20 points. Um, they need two more wins to go bowling, I think. They play Pitt, Georgia Tech, and Wake Forest. It, I, it's tough. They need to beat Wake Forest. They need to, doable. They need to beat Wake Forest. They need to find a way to beat Pitt. That's not easy. Georgia Tech is a scrappy little team. Um so it's tough, but I, I, I fear for the job safety of one Dino Babers, and we know how this goes. And yeah, we just and we, why? we know how Syracuse. this goes. Yeah, like I don't, I don't know what Syracuse, what prominence they are trying to return to by <laughs> whoever they hire next, or by saying Dino Babers is not leading up to. Whatever standards, like I don't know, but um, what, what are what are said standards that we're, we're referring to? I I just feel like if you are bowl eligible, you've done a good job. I if you can get bowl eligible, I think you're good. Like that's for my evaluation. If you can be bowl eligible at Syracuse, you can work here, right? That's they were bowl eligible last year, I'm pretty sure, right? So missing it one year is not like oh no 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 we can't have this. 
it's okay if you maybe miss it one year if you're back the next year or whatever but just i don't know what they are thinking that these seasons are supposed to be about um but it certainly is not could you know we, i would like to win an acc game but just just full full eligibility i think that's reasonable it's just this is a really hard place when you're competing with all the leftover recruits from Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, yeah. all those all the schools up there. Even well, Rutgers. Now Rutgers is in the game. It's done for Syracuse. Like once Rutgers got back into the game, I was like, oh, Syracuse is done. Because that kind of was the little bright spot that Syracuse was getting. They were getting New Jersey kids because Jersey is probably the the best hotbed outside of Pennsylvania, outside of that state, in terms of the Northeast talent. The smallest state, ironically enough, produces some of the best talent. Syracuse was stealing some of that Jersey talent because a lot, the best of it goes to Penn State and Maryland yep. and even further south. But um, now that Rutgers is like, nah, you can stay right here. We could do this thing. City's right over there. You're home. You can shoot back to Newark, shoot back to Morristown, shoot back to, you know, Trenton, whatever you got to do. You're right here. And, uh, you know, Rutgers is popping now. So Syracuse, it's probably done for you. Um, and and the ACC is about to get bigger and more crowded, so it's going to be even harder for you. But it is what it is. Just Good look with that upstate New York recruiting. Yeah, don't yeah, don't fire Dino Babers for it. And um, maybe if y'all like, because look, the, the basketball thing is also not working. People are like, oh wait a minute, what were we doing going to Syracuse and Jim Beheim <laughs> in this zone, and we're never going to win? And all right, never mind. So it's just it's a tough place to recruit. Um, all right, so let me let's let's see if I could get kids to this. these days barely even know who Carmelo Anthony is. Can't even use that anymore. Yeah, now nah, come come play football where Carmelo Anthony hooped in the Carrier Dome. Maybe they also Donovan should stop. Who? They should stop. Donovan they should, who? They should stop playing in the Carrier Dome. <laughs> you mean Greg Paulus, the great the great Greg <laughs> Paulus? Uh, they should stop playing in the Carrier Dome. <laughs> they should play in a smaller stadium to where. They can get a little. I mean, it's a cool look, but like it's just it's a big ass stadium for a whole lot of people that don't really care. Anyway, um, twelve o'clock. Imagine Greg in your living room. <laughs> twelve o'clock. Play quarterback window. at Syracuse as Come a hey, two star recruit. After you play basketball for a D for a D one Power Five program. Why don't you come hoop? Uh, why don't you come sling the pill here at uh, Syracuse? Anyway, uh, twelve o'clock window. Florida ruining, just ruining parlays, ruining bets. We've talked about that. Um, why I was done with Syracuse? I wrote this before the game started. That if Rutgers simply covered the spread, that enormous twenty-four or whatever it was point spread, if they're even within the realm, if Ohio State can't cover against Rutgers, I don't want to have these Ohio State conversations. And they, I'm uh, pretty sure gave us all reason to be like no we're done not number one um i don't call cheating don't very often. yeah no they don't want it i don't call it cheating very often but i saw one of the most blatant not pass interferences i've ever seen called is the missouri state i'm sorry the michigan state nebraska game which i also happened to pick nebraska so maybe that's why i had my particular eye on it but i'm not talking about oh it was close I'm talking about the cornerback was in a panic, did not know where the ball was, and was like, I just need to box the receiver out from, from running. Yep. No, but he did it with his back turned. It was even worse than, like, I'm, I'm just playing the oh, ball. Gosh. He just turned 
that like boxed him out and jumped in the air and was like, oh God, like, but I know you're not gonna catch it because I just jumped into your arms. And the ref was like, I I see nothing wrong with that. Game over. Michigan State wins. And I just you can't have things that look that bad when gambling is legal. You can't. There are people who play for teams, coach for teams, work for programs, ref do all sorts of things all across the world of sports right now that are getting tied up in gambling allegations and such. And like refs, you can't, it can't, you can miss calls all you want. It can't look like you are blatantly cheating. That's all I'm going to say. It yeah. just can't, it can't yeah. look like you're like, Nope, I didn't see anything. Didn't see anything. Um, so that was wild. See here. That was wild to me. Um, but I, I I have no stake in the game, but I kind of don't want Michigan State to have good things right now. And not only did Michigan State get a win, but program builder Matt Rule, that's a win that he deserved a shot at. They didn't play well all game, but to be cheated out of your two-minute drive with a chance to win because the refs, me see nothing. I, I, I can't, Yeah, never good. Can't. Um, uh, in that very same game, by the way, Michigan State tried to lose the game. Um, I think there's a minute 48 seconds left. Nebraska only had two timeouts. <laughs> Michigan State, this is second down, called a halfback pass in which the halfback, like they're trying to run the clock out and just literally make Nebraska use all the timeouts. It was a pitch. With a halfback pass option, the halfback for two seconds stops like he's about to pass it. And then it's almost like he goes, what the hell are we doing? What did what did coach just call? And immediately stops like he never had that thought. And is just like, I'm just going to run it. But it was clear that the call, the play call was, yo, halfback pass. They'll never see it coming. Even though <laughs> it's the dumbest thing you could possibly do. So part of me was like, oh, my God, please throw it. Please throw a halfback pass. On second down, when the other team has two timeouts under a minute left, you try to run the clock out. Please throw a halfback pass. So the smartest guy on on all of Michigan State's campus apparently is their halfback, who's like, no, let's just win this game. Uh oh, this is this is a great stat. Hampton, make this make sense. They were in a game where they won like 42 to 45 against Maine or 45, 42, something like that. Their quarterback stat line, Christopher Zella, shout out to you. Seven for 16, 86 yards, one touchdown in a game where their team scored like 45 points. He only he had 10 carries, 60 yards. Clearly, clearly they are a rushing heavy attack because – or there were a bunch of special teams defense points. Couldn't see the game, didn't look at the box score for play-by-play. I just kept looking at the score going up and up and up. And then I saw, I was like, damn, this quarterback must be balling. Just that's me thinking there's a lot of points on the board. The quarterback must be responsible for it. 86 yards, one touchdown in the, in the air. He ran for 60 yards and a touch, but he was only responsible for 140 yards. So I don't know where all these points came from, but shout out to you, Hampton. All right. Top fives. Jacksonville State almost did the thing I said they were going to do against South Carolina, but South Carolina just, just, just pulled it off. Like the fourth quarter, got the got the last minute drive and then got a turnover to score. Um, but like 
they they clearly didn't know. I think a whole stadium showed up not expecting what Jacksonville State was bringing, and they almost found out. Shout out to them for getting the win. Xavier Leggett for South Carolina is really good also. That's quick observation there. He's their receiver. All I see from him mm-hmm. is just deep bomb, deep bomb. He did that against Florida too. I just remember that guy behind everyone's secondary, so look out for him on Sundays. No, well, we talked about him too, but Spencer Rattler doesn't give me playing on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely talked about him. Like, that. Like the more, as a Raiders fan, this is a great week for us, uh, but the more I see of quarterbacks like him and some of these other, like, I'm just excited about there are more good, like, they might not all be franchise, amazing, but, like, there are more good quarterbacks kind of coming out of college with each draft class. I mean, you see C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud was by no means a can't-miss prospect. He's a very good college player, very good prospect, but he is having one of the best rookie seasons ever. And I don't think anyone's necessarily saw that coming. So it's just, it's encouraging. Um, but yeah, and Notre Dame Clemson, that, that win was for you, Tyler of wherever <laughs> South Carolina. Um, that was the Tyler game. That was that like Dabo treated that game. Like he was banging on the floor after the win. Like that was, that was his, like, we get Super a, Bowl. A, a statue like, like Tim Tebow with the transcript. It should be. It really should just be somewhere that. on a plaque. It should be on that on Clemson's campus. And but the reason they wouldn't do it is because the first half of what he was saying was basically like this program in school wasn't shit until I got here. Don't you ever not forget me. it. <laughs> Don't you ever forget it. It's like yeah, I mean he's not wrong, but then he yeah. It went too far. We'll talk. Um, but yeah, that was that was for Tyler. Notre Dame. Tough. You told me Sam Hartman has never beat uh, Clemson and is now 0 for 5, which is probably a record. I don't know if anyone's ever stuck around to play another team. You know, you might go to another school for your fifth year, but to end up in the same conference and then play that team and never beat them. I'm sorry, Sam Hartman. I that. I played one team in my college career that I lost to all four times, and I still hate the song Black and Yellow because that was their colors and that's what they played. And I still hate driving through Ashland, Virginia every time, Randolph Macon. So yeah. um, I, I know how that feels. It must talk. Kansas State at Texas. Um, Kansas State always kind of – that's like the – that's the Kansas State game to be really close, to make you think they're going to upset someone but not actually upset someone. That's kind of their thing, I feel like. So they did that. Texas got the win. Uh, Texas A&M at Old Miss. We talked about Texas A&M is an approved team, but this Old Miss team, you know, offensively, they are a problem. They've scored on everyone except for Alabama. They've given everyone offensively all that they want. Um, you know, defensively, they have their questions, but we'll, you know, They'll have their shot against Georgia. Can they Can they make Georgia sweat this week? We will find out. That was kind of – I thought this was a tough spot for them, though, with Georgia next week. Uh, not that they would look ahead necessarily, but it's just that Texas A&M has talent. It's just a tough spot going then into Georgia week. So they might be – this is not excuse-making. That was a tough game. They might be a little, little more banged up, a little more mentally drained, a little bit more whatever. To whereas Georgia is like, I mean, yeah, Missouri tested us, but we got that. So, you know, I I, I favor Georgia kind of heavily coming in this week. And 
my one non-football sport. I'm going to give you some soccer. You tell me which one you want. You want the Bundesliga, which is the professional German league, or do you want the Argentinian or actually South American uh, cup final, which was between a Argentinian and a Brazilian team? Mm. One, uh, you know, there's the two biggest the teams. Ladder. The latter. All right, let's go to that. So that was in the, uh, it was like our three o'clock to five o'clock window. So, that was the Boca Juniors versus Fluminense. All right, Boca Juniors is Argentina. That is where uh, Diego Maradona, widely recognized as if not the best, the second best soccer player behind Pele, okay. um, Argentinian pride, uh, a man whose story is almost to the things about him. There's a documentary about him that you should actually watch. He is, it almost doesn't, you would, if it wasn't documented and not that long ago, you wouldn't even believe that that person existed. But this is his team, his childhood team. He played on Boca Juniors. Fluminense is the former team of Thiago Silva, one of the better Brazilian defenders in the Premier League now. He's on Chelsea. Uh, it was a wild, wild, wild game. So we had Fluminense early goal up one nothing. Uh, the goal was scored by a man named Oh no, the 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 Boca goal. Sorry, there's a man on Boca, the the equalizer. His name is John Kennedy, which is just great. He's an Hispanic. Uh, Argentinian man named John Kennedy, which I, it's probably not that uncommon, I guess, now that I think about it. There's probably a bunch of Hispanic people named after American presidents randomly. Um, but yeah, so one back and forth game, 72nd minute, Boca evened it at 1-1. We went to extra time. Uh, we had a little bit of a scrap, a little soccer scrap, which those are interesting. But this one, actually, somebody slapped another player. Like, uh, I challenge you to a dual type slap. That dude fell to the ground, <laughs> fell to the ground like he had been murdered. Um, the two teams started pushing as back and should. forth. Yeah, as you do in soccer. Now, what they do allow in soccer that they don't in like you know basketball or a bunch of other sports is you could just like push people back and forth. Like it's not there's only there's a line where they might card you, but you could kind of just like have a shoving match and the refs kind of let it go. So there's a big mm. yeah shoving match, just pushing people back and forth like. The little guys always get shoved around by the big guys and the bigger guys from the other team come in. Just a little shoving match. No one actually does anything. Um, both teams ended up finishing the game with a red card. So both teams were down a man. So it was nine on nine soccer. You know, the, the goalies are the 10th. So you had just nine on nine or you know 10 on 10 soccer. And uh, Fluminense won down the stretch. It was a ridiculous game. Uh think they ended up i never write the results down i feel like because when the results happen it's like i i give up but i know fluminense won they won in start in, in extra time injury time stoppage time really wild back and forth game the environment was crazy just brazil versus argentina it's the cup for the best team best best club team in all of south america so you know they uh they go hard down there for their soccer that was what i said that was the three to one o'clock window the Bundesliga game was nuts too. So, yeah. but I will save. I will save everyone that. Um, JMU Georgia State, like I said, great teams cover. The JMU journey continues. Free JMU, they got that dub. Uh, Missouri at Georgia. I don't know if I really have anything else to add to that. Talked about it. Bedlam. Pair opening drives on the. That, that was a fun game. I will say that the game was fun. Opening touchdown drives to start the game. It's more of a shootout heading into the third, um, but Ohio could not stop turning the ball over. 
in the second half. Just bedlam, yeah, bedlam indeed. But they just kept turning the ball over, kept turning the ball over. Um, that Northwestern Iowa game, I have to mention it. Two reasons: it was at Wrigley Field. I will always mention a, a football game that's played on a non-conventional stadium or situation. So they turned Wrigley Field into a baseball stadium. They put two teams that score about what baseball teams score per game in there in Northwestern and Iowa. And it was a historic under-over total. It's 31 points total. The total was 17. They cruised to an under, making it the eighth highest scoring game in Wrigley Field this year. There were seven baseball games where the combined score was higher than the football game that was just played at Wrigley Field. I had to mention that. Wow. Um, Brian Ferencz, I think people are like, he's going to let it all out now. He's gonna, You're going to see offense you've never seen before. I think Brian Ferencz is going to go the other way. He said, you think I was bad at before? I'm not calling any of my cool plays now. And I think they're just going to win their remainder of their games seven to three except for you know the games are obviously going to lose but all those other games that they win they're just going to seven to three teams to death uh for the remainder of the year until brian france is out of there go higher lincoln riley like i said uh miami nc state that was just a punt contest that was literally both teams like do you want to score no punt how about you nope here you go Three and a half quarters is like, nah, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. Um, Miami, you guys are paying Mario Cristobal a lot of money to for that. And the difference between you and these other ACC schools are y'all have expectations from 25 years ago of when you were the greatest program ever. That's not that anymore. Like, Duke is better than y'all now. And, like, North Carolina, is, is a, North Carolina is a powerhouse and Louisville is more sustainable. Like just, just assess where you're at with it. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have to, uh, you know, strive for more, but I don't, I don't know what is going it, to, it's an expensive buyout for Mario and he's a former Miami guy. So there's probably some emotional ties there that, and they need to stop hiring these Miami people because there's always emotional ties when they should fire them. But I don't know, man, like, the whole thing with him is he's a great recruiter. He's going to bring the talent in. Just wait till he gets his class in. Just wait till he gets his class in. And if you saw him at Oregon, he's not a good coach necessarily. He's a good recruiter. Miami's got pretty good players, but I don't well, know. Him now he's not a good coach. I yeah, like uh, they you wouldn't know that Miami has good players based on how you watch them play games because they're just coached. I mean, I'm not trying to be mean. They just are coached so stupidly. Like it's just it's such a it's a team that's just like. It's it's it is frustrating to watch because like you shouldn't be this bad. I'm not saying you should be Florida State, but you shouldn't be like Pittsburgh levels of, you know, yeah, whatever. So that just next year, next season, like he probably won't feel any heat this year. But next year, we need to have a we need to have a Mario Cristobal conversation. Yeah. Um, BYU West Virginia. I just want to mention it because that's the drunkest crowd west virginia versus the most sober school in byu you got morgantown versus the mormons uh west virginia just probably had a great old time scored a whole bunch of points we talked about kansas the bean power of the bean got that dub over iowa 
uh, the Washington USC game. I mean, it was just it was really good offenses, but also I'm concerned about Washington's defense, and we already know that USC's defense isn't good. That felt more like these uh, these defenses aren't very good. I'm I'm concerned. Um, and then Bama, Ole Miss, that was probably environment like environment wise, game wise, you know, classic wise, all that good stuff. It's between that Bedlam, maybe that Washington USC game, but um, I think Bama, you know, I've kind of been tooting this or touting their ability to do this all year, which is out coach, out prepare, out scheme, out play call. Just they have kind of an ingrained level of I don't want to say greatness, but just like knowing how to be successful. Like this they they have been doing this thing, this Nick Saban thing's been going for a while now. These people kind of get on board and they get right with it. So I think they're getting better at the right time. Don't put beating Georgia past them, and I don't put them playing in, in a playoff past them. I feel like we all kind of wrote them off, or not me at least, but I feel like people wrote them off after the Texas loss. I just it's all still right there for them. Um, their their toughest game remaining is likely the championship game. Like that, I, I think they'll be Kentucky. Again, these SEC teams with random scrimmages, or it was Florida State that had the random scrimmage in the middle of November. Uh, Alabama's right. played, Alabama's played Chattanooga in two weeks, so just a rest week. Oh, they they do that every year too. Yeah, yep. they get they get to go to Kentucky and uh, you know Iron Bowl, like you know Iron Bowl, throw the records out, whatever. But has anyone heard anything about Auburn this year? Like Auburn's been the least worthy of discussion team from a program that actually has a name that used to mean something or mean something of this season. So I just think they'll get to the SEC. They'll get to Atlanta with the one loss. And that Georgia, my uh, Georgia Bama game is going to be close. I got to, regardless of it, I think who you think will win. I don't think anyone's picking a blowout either way. So I'm expecting a close game there when we get to yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, late night, I got nothing to say other than I was surprised Colorado's players didn't play with all their jewelry on. Just like we're not taking it off, not today. Just like everybody, rock your stuff. We're just gonna play with it. Um, Oregon State got the win, the biggest win of the season. I think I wrote this. Would if Oregon, if Colorado won, that would have been their biggest win of the season, right? Now, like looking back at kind of the TCU win, like beating Oregon State would have been the most impressive win of their year so far, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Oregon State. Better than TCU. Right. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, also, I saw DJU's profile picture where he's got a gold Jesus piece on, like truck jewelry style, and then he plays in his wave cap. And um, I did a little background. Yeah, I just kind of did, did a little digging into the life of DJU, and I could see why him and Dabo Sweeney might not kick it how the other one kicks it. If you get what I'm saying there, I could just see that their get down might be diametrically opposed on certain things. And um, I, I'm imagining he's playing better in Oregon State just because he's happier. He just likes the surroundings a lot better. Uh, feels more comfortable. I just, I, yeah, I, I mean, Debo's been humbuggish on player empowerment. We've already talked about him being slow to 
accepting the transfer portal as like the way of doing business. So yeah, that uh, that that makes a lot of sense. I feel like Dab the I, in a nice way. I feel like Dabo is anti-swag. I feel like Dabo is not here for you having swag. And I feel like if you even think about some of his swaggier players, it's more that like 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 Sammy Watkins not loud swaggy, DeAndre Hopkins not loud swaggy, right? Like some of those players, like it's it's not the loud swag. It's more of that quiet swag. Like DJU might be once, you're, especially when you're the quarterback too. I think it just might have been two diametrically opposed swag levels. I, I feel like Dabo's not here for 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 any levels of swag. Like I feel like you walk in, they the, could they could use some swag right now. Of course, but I, yeah, that's and I think that's like you're saying nil transfer portal. I feel like if you walk into the meeting room with you know thousands of jewelry. I feel like he says something. I just, I, I'm, take your hat off, man. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I, I don't want to put people in Take boxes your shirts here. In. I feel like he's one of those coaches that focuses on those, the like, you know, hats, the hats and shirt type. Maybe that's too far. Like, you know, they, I, this is why I think that because when they, they wanted to like show, like, this is the new program, come join us. He's like, how am I going to do it? I'm going to put a slide in my, Sports facility. That's right. From one floor to the other, you just take a slide. I'm like, that That was their big thing that they, like, rolled a video out, had a special, kept showing people go down the slide. I'm like, if you're a recruit and you pull up, like, obviously all their other stuff is probably pristine, but, like, that goddamn slide has no bearing on my college football decision. So Especially I when a team that's rivaling you is going to pay me $50,000. Yeah, he's like, mm, let me see. I don't, I don't, really, or don't really have a collective here. Like, soda dispenser. Like, come on. <laughs> we, don't, we don't really have a collective here. But what we do have is a collective ball pit at the bottom of this slide. So why don't you get on down there? A lot there. of gumball machines. You got to pay a quarter. <laughs> but see, this one, we can punt them out for free. See? No quarters necessary. <laughs> All the I, gumballs you want. I just think Dabo is... <laughs> Not, I just, I, I don't know. I like they got this big win against Notre Dame, or uh, we'll see how big they got a win. I'm not here to write them off or say they've. I mean, I did already say I said it's done for them being like at the rich, you know, in the rich neighborhood with the with those types of blue bloods. Like that part, I do believe is over. That doesn't mean they can't be a seven, eight, you know, maybe nine win, win the SEC every three or four years. But with Davo in charge, and that's fine, like for Clemson. To be clear, that's totally fine. They have gotten, as Dabo reminded you all, your expectations have gotten crazy. Uh, I, before me, it was the, like bad to Clemson. Clemsoning was meaning playing. Dabo has earned the right to have some some bad years, yeah, a bad sure. year or two, for sure. Maybe so not more than like, two. Yeah, it's gonna row, get to a but point. He can, he can have one, right? It, I say he's fine now, but it will see like three, four, or five. Like we'll see if if the nil stuff keeps moving at warp speed, and he's just like, nah, give me another Shipley. It, we'll see. That's all. We'll see. Um, Boise Key, Boise, Boise State at Fresno, Mikey Keens. Um, I just wanted to get a Mikey Keens reference in. They got that win. I picked Boise State for that one win, but I know Fresno State's a, a quality team. This was kind of an easy, easy money maker for me. That's a three-point spread, I think. Mikey Keens is rounding out my list of just favorite quarterbacks to watch. I'm not saying he's the best. I'm just saying with my, on my, I like watching these guys for various reasons. It's Caleb Williams because yeah. I've never seen anything like it. It's Shador Sanders because uh, he processed it. It's been tougher now because they've – 
you can't run offense anymore. And like we can have a Deion Sanders discussion about you gotta I know you want new players, but you can't get them in the middle of the season. So you, you're gonna have to coach around some of that. And it feels like they're not doing the best job at it. They're just like, nope, I'm gonna just keep calling the same stuff. But Mikey Keynes, it's it's Caleb Sand, it's Caleb Williams, Shador Sanders, Jordan McLeod for uh-huh. JMU. Just love watching him play and Mikey Keynes. Just those guys are just real fun to, to watch play. Uh they were battling for a milk jug of some sort. Out there, I didn't know the Fresno State Boise State battle for a milk jug, but they do. And uh, Arizona on Gronk night on Gronk retirement night, Gronk yeah, does everything, Gronk, Gronk does everything night, leads the band, leads the cheers, it's on the sideline, throwing t shirts to the everything. stand from the bench, just Gronk does it all. Um, and it's funny that it was that night of all nights because we were talking about tight ends, not even because of that, talking about Brock Bowers, and then it was Gronk night, and I was like, that's Brock Bowers is the most Gronk-ish. No one is Gronk, to be clear, but just the most Gronk-ish I've seen. Um, but Arizona with that big, big, big victory, they've been trending up. Like I've, I've, they've been a solid team. They've hung with Arizona. I mean, they hung with um, Washington. They they beat uh, now UCLA. They almost beat uh, who did they almost beat the week before? They they had been in a lot of these games where it's like Arizona has USC of, I think yes they kept they they made didn't, wasn't it USC what me say it was overtime uh, yeah, yeah. they was close to Washington yeah they lost in an overtime one with USC um and then yeah they they beat they were the ones that beat Oregon State now they beat Washington I mean now they beat UCLA um they will play Utah they are playing Colorado this week um. That's, I mean, shout out to Arizona. Good for them. That's that's, a, that's that's another basketball school that all of a sudden football program headed in the right direction. All right, game of the day, quick, quick ender. We probably I I don't even have the timer, so thank uh, thank everybody for rocking this long. But Washington at USC or Bedlam? I'm going Bedlam. Washington USC was fun. Alabama LSU was fun. I'm going to go Bedlam there. I just something about Bedlam and that dangerously close sideline gets me every time. And end zone. Um, and they tore down the goalposts, which I get it. It was the last bedlam. I was going to say ranked to be ranked. I'm from a day where storming the field had some sanctity to it and some code to it. But it's the last bedlam officially. So they got the, the upper hand forever unless they play again. Um, play of the day. I don't even do play of the days anymore. It's That's a visual segment. Performance of the day is Caleb Williams. I don't care that he lost... I don't care that Michael Penix Jr. also played really well in that game. The play where he just turned around, completely turned his back on the defense, said, I'm going to just throw it over here, pinpoint on a dime, 40 yards to the corner to my receiver, who will be the only one that could catch it or it'll be incomplete. Um, That I mean, that's just like there's not too many people ever who can do stuff like that. He was inventing juke moves. He made a dude do a somersault. He made a lineman do – like we had Jaden Daniels breaking ankles against Alabama, quite literally, dudes rolling ankles, and we had uh, somersaults in the Washington. Washington lineman was like, "I'm beaten so bad, my best result here, like the best thing for me to do would just be to tumble like a three year old." So he did that, and um, Caleb Williams get my performance of the day. Do you have any nominees? Since I'm I'm giving it to him in a loss, some other people might be deserving in victory. No, I'll just say that 
I was in my living room giggling at Jaden Daniels making defenders look silly, like giggling like a child, yeah. watching him make defenders fall like it's a video game. Yeah. And I know it's college, but he needs to slide because it's funny that even when cornerbacks get him, it's just like, come up, come here, sit down. And like one corner just threw him to the ground like it was a child. It it he is I think he's six three, like two oh five. He that uh, dominates in a way that like is not in the same because he doesn't have the power of it, but like Cam Newton esque in that like just he's gonna kill us in the pocket, he's gonna kill us out of the pocket, he's gonna kill us on the run. Like the only thing Cam Newton, not the only thing, Cam Newton also is like also he's the strongest guy on the field and he's gonna run up the middle and you can't stop that. But it's just a singular control over the offense and just like one man show. He's got receivers, but just one man show. So yeah, you could give it to either quarterback in a loss. Most impressive performances this weekend actually came in losses. I'm with you there. Uh, next week, preview. Game of the week, Ole Miss, Georgia, because no one believes Penn State, Michigan, which is going to be an actual game of the week. I know they're selling that, but come on now. Uh, sleeper game, I'm going with a Friday nighter. Wyoming at UNLV. UNLV is a decent team now like it's it's actually kind of a fun team the race in the mountain west is very interesting um you have now that air force lost a conference that not that many people you know pay attention to but now that air force lost you have fresno at four and one i mean air force didn't lose in the conference but fresno is four and one unlv is four and one so they're both sitting right there trying to you know maybe get a shot. I think the top two of the conference play in the Mountain West Championship in Vegas. So if UNLV gets that a home game in Vegas would be cool. Um, so they got to beat Wyoming to stay on track. Also, we have a football game that used to matter only as a basketball game. We have UNC and Duke uh, at UNC Saturday night. That's going to be awesome. Just because it's Duke UNC basketball season starts tonight. And we're talking about a football season for them. Uh, a football game that matters and is of interest. That's pretty cool. Environment, last matter of business. Give me Miami at Florida State because no matter the record, especially when that game's in Tallahassee, that game just has a feel to it. The crowd's into it. The Tomahawk chant. Um, Maybe Miami shows up and doesn't embarrass themselves and gives us an entertaining game. But I imagine Florida State are heavy Heavy favorites going into this weekend. Did I overlook anything? Or are we all set? No, I think that covers it. Florida State, 14 and a half point favorites against Miami, by the way. Um, it's next week, week 11. Yeah. This is week 11 coming up. Week 11. We only uh, only a couple more weeks, which is crazy. This I feel like this season flew by, but we are only a couple more weeks left. And then conference tournaments, which is still the best time of the year, conference and bowl season. It's the most wonderful time of the year, but it's crazy that we got here this fast. Um, and now that we're here, I don't, I don't have any super look-aheads because we're at the end of the year, so ain't nobody looking ahead. Um, we kind of looked at conferences, but we're going to come back for a coach's Coaches breaking bad or coaches gone bad special. We got to talk about some of these coaches. Um, yeah. We'll hit it later in the week. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll come back for that. I want to break down the entire Davos Sweeney clip. 
the whole the whole thing. Also, Iowa, that was the one thing I did want to say. Iowa like is still on track to play in the Big Ten Championships. Somebody has to stop that. I don't know if, if we can. Like there's enough time. Somebody has to stop that. Um, so that somebody would either be Rutgers, Rutgers, you're our only hope. Rutgers, Illinois, and Nebraska. Somebody take down Iowa, please, because nobody wants to watch that. Just we don't. And that's I how think Rutgers is up for the task. I have faith. Come on, Rutgers. Like Rutgers Rick is trying Keanu, to be Chum Rutgers Wood, is trying to Chum be Wood. East Coast Iowa too, in a, in a in a sense. Maybe not as bad on the offense, but they're trying to be like drag you in the quicksand and just drown you team in the East. So maybe how they do that is by being Iowa, you get their powers. So um, that's how I'm going to end this week. Rutgers, we are all Scarlet Knights this weekend. Please take down Iowa. Please, please. Just score 10 points. That's all you got to do. If you score a touchdown and kick a field goal, they won't know what to do. So please, please. Until next week, y'all. Enjoy week 11. We will check in again later this week for Coaches Gone Bad, but enjoy week 11. We'll talk next week. Peace. Peace.